0: How to make a boatload of money from webinars on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Accounting and bookkeeping mistakes destroy thousands of small businesses every single day. Bookkeeping doesn't have to be hard. Turn to the number one invoicing software for small businesses. Start for free today at servenomaster.com backslash FreshBooks.
1: Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by bestselling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I was looking
0: on social media today, uh, looking for ideas for what I wanted to talk about. I have a couple of things going on in my life and kind of swirling. And I'm, some of the things that I wanna cover, I'm gonna blog about and some of the things I always wanna put into podcast episodes. And I'm always looking for new ideas. And I was thinking about webinars again and thinking about how powerful they are. And I know we've had some previous episodes about webinars when I was thinking maybe today we could cover was ways to get even better at webinars and ways to really advance your technique. And so I was doing some research and I found a couple of articles that had huge number of shares about how to have better webinars, how to put together a webinar. And I looked at their content and it was, I would use the word garbage, but it's insulting to garbage to use a term like that. Uh, They were giving advice like, have a good topic to talk about and think about asking smart questions and decide who's gonna be the speaker. None of that's useful. I'm really not interested in interesting sounding lists that don't have actionable intelligence because that doesn't actually help you. So what I wanna take you through is a couple of techniques that are actually gonna make you a bunch more money and understanding the way webinar dynamics works. The key to webinar success, and I was amazed at none of these articles, and I looked at several that had hundreds or even thousands of social media shares, they never talk about, it's all about the live event. It's about creating a moment. See, I can record a video with the exact same content and it won't work. The format for a webinar and the format for a sales video are completely different. When I'm writing the content for a sales video, I follow a very, very strict formula that covers nearly every sentence. Every word there is designed in a specific way. Webinars are run differently. Now you can, and we'll talk about this in a later episode, you can run automated webinars, which are technology that makes it appear like it's an event, but it's actually not. Now auto webinars will always convert lower than the real version. You could do the exact same presentation But something about the technology people can feel, or even if they're not sure that it's not live, something will affect the sales numbers. And you'll go from converting it 6% to 5.5 or 5%. So you will notice a dip in performance. Even if you do some very advanced technological things. Now, GoToWebinar is only a live webinar platform. GoToWebinar doesn't let you do auto webinars. You have to use different software right now. But there are ways to do and play a recording through GoToWebinar, where it appears like a live webinar, even though it is a recording. And even when you do that, you still get a dip. So let's talk about creating that sense of live event, live engagement. Part of it is having a specific time. One of the things that you'll notice whenever you have a skilled presenter or someone with experience on the webinar, they'll never say anything that mentions time or seasonality. A classic mistake that someone makes when they're first starting out webinars is to say like, oh, it's nine in the morning. It's perfect. Or, oh, I'm so ready for Christmas in a few weeks. As soon as you say something like that, you date the webinar and you'll notice uh, it's often considered a glitch in movies. Many movies, they try not to put a specific date in it. Either the movie is very specific about the year where it occurs or it tries to hide it. If you watch a TV shows, there's a really popular TV show right now. And again this would be me dating. (laughs) This episode will get dated if I name a TV show that gets canceled in a few months. The moment the show is canceled, that would date this webinar. There's one about the 80s and they always say, oh, it was September 8th, 1980 something. They never say the specific year because they're trying to give them an entire 10 year bandwidth to work around to kind of cover different 80s nostalgia episodes. The reason we don't say, oh, it's Saturday. or Oh, it's this day is because We're going to, as a presenter, use a replay or use an auto webinar down the line. We want to be able to reuse the content if possible. So you don't want to say anything that gives up this specific date. Now, this is a little bit of a balance, right? We're trying to make it seem like an event. So to start off your webinar, you do want to let people know that it's interactive and that it's live. Now, depending upon the registration software you use, you may only have first names. You have first names and last names. Sometimes this happens quite often when you use a partner software program to grab your registrations. If you only use email addresses, so if you register people using lead pages and you link it up and you can sync up through API to GoToWebinar, but if you only capture an email address and say, hey, register, just give me your email address. Instead of populating with names, your entire list it will just say friend, 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 friend. The default first name that GoToWebinar sends to a presenter is the word friend. And if it's your first time and you don't realize that this is gonna happen, right? You think, oh, I don't wanna ask for names. Normally with an opt-in form, you don't want to ask for a name because then you lower the number of people that join. You lower the number of people that will opt in, they'll give you their email address. But here you're getting people to sign up for a specific event. The reason you want to capture at least the first name is so that you can talk to specific people. So if someone asks you a question, you know who asked you. So this is a little uh, glitch to warn you about. So I'm also along the way going to share with you some of the common mistakes and how you can avoid them. When you start your webinar and you have a list of names, whether it's five names, 10 names or 20 names... You want to start off creating as much engagement as possible. Really, engagement is everything because that makes it feel like a live event. The more you say something to people or answer their specific questions, the better. Now, there are going to be questions that you want to specifically avoid for particular reasons as you get down the webinar, and I'll cover those in a moment. But to start your webinar, you want to say, hey, I'm so excited everyone's here. If you can hear me, just type yes in the chat box. What we're doing is training people to communicate with us. We want to get people responding to our messages. The more people reply to what we say, the better. Engagement leads to more sales, leads to more business, leads to more attention. And also there will be a certain number of people that can't find the chat box. So what we're trying to do is get them to look for it before the content starts, before we go into the content. The second reason we're asking this is to see if there actually is a problem. So I oftentimes will send a message to everyone via text that says, can you hear me? I'm doing an audio check. So I want to make sure because sometimes the audio is messed up. About 10% of the time, there's an audio glitch. I haven't had one lately, but I have had them in the past. And so I am checking things. The second thing you say and is, oh, where are you from? And there's a very good reason you ask this. You say, oh, if you're online right now, tell me where you're from and tell me how you're excited or tell me your first name and where you're from, things like that. If, the, if all you have is friend, 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 you can ask people to say, type in your first name and where you're from. And this will allow you to engage better. And in fact, you can actually get people while they're logged in to go to webinar. They can click on a box and add in their name live. If you want to go to the next level, if you really need their information, you can adapt on the fly and get that information, get them to manually do it. What I like to say is, oh, look, it's Lisa from Charleston, or oh, it's Jenny from West Virginia, and you say the first name of people and where they're from, that tells those people it's live. And what you really want is to get every single person to give you their name and where they are so you can say, hey, so-and-so from so-and-so. Each individual person has to hear their name and where they're from to be 100% sure it's live. So if you say 90% of the people, the 10% whose names you didn't say, they're still not sure because guess what? I can do fake names and fake towns all day long. But this allows people to create a certain level of engagement, and especially, I like to say specifically about each town, oh, you're from Virginia, that's where I went to college. Oh, you're from Australia, I've never been there, but I've been to New Zealand. And then usually people respond to something. If you say something and they start responding in the chat box, what you want is a really, really active chat box. Then you can start your webinar and some people like to start off by saying things like, oh, please turn off the television, please take notes. Sometimes I say that, sometimes they don't. I don't know that it makes a really big difference because guess what, 90% of the time when I'm on a webinar, I'm doing other stuff too. When I'm watching someone else teaching, I get bored by really long webinars. Some people, unfortunately, sometimes two-hour webinars convert really well, and so sometimes I'm attending a webinar and it's really long because the person knows they make more money if it's longer even though it's more boring. It's unfortunate, but that's the calibration. My webinars tend to be about 20 to 30 minutes. I really wanna teach something really, really valuable quickly, and even if two hours would increase the conversions, I just can't do it. I can't be boring, okay? It's like the balance between integrity and profit, and we all have to find where we are on that, that spectrum. But what we want to do is create engagement and throughout the course of the webinar you want to ask questions and there's a couple ways to do this you can set up with every different piece of software with all the different webinar platforms and with all the auto webinar platforms you can ask questions and surveys and say hey click number one for this number two for that three four i don't like to do that because i don't like to set up the technology in advance i don't have enough faith in the survey software so instead i like to say people here's choice one two three or four type your answer in the box I'm much bigger fan of that because it encourages people again to use one way of communicating with me. I don't want to get them clicking this type of box, then clicking this type of survey thing. I don't like to overwhelm people by giving them too many different ways to communicate. Just saying type in the chat box over and over again really works. And you'll get a lot of open form answers. Hey, tell me what industry you're in. What I'm going to do is a specific example. So let's say that I was going to do a webinar about networking. You know, I've been talking about networking a lot lately, it's because it's on my mind. and you know, I'm working on this conference, and I'm working on my webinar product. I'm working on my networking product, and thinking about some extra bonuses to build into it. I'm actually thinking about ways to improve the product right now. So, networking is a lot on my mind. But we're on a networking webinar. I'm teaching you some networking techniques, and I would say, hey, tell me what industry you're in. What would be your dream result? What would you love to have happen in your life? Who is the perfect person to meet to grow your business? And I would say, type in the name of your industry and the type of person you'd want to meet. And I'd say. Oh, you know, if I was using the example from about 10 episodes ago, I did an episode about networking and talking about becoming a director in Hollywood. So if someone said, oh, I'm a screenwriter and I want to meet a director in Hollywood or I want to meet a big producer so I can get my script read and I would go, great. And then I would use that and start talking about that live. Or maybe you'll say, let me make sure that you're interested in this. How many people on this call are interested in becoming an author? How many people care about that? How many people are more interested simply about building an online business and the financial aspect? How many people want to be an author to make money? How many people want to be an author simply to use it to create cash and respect for other areas of their business? This information is critical because it allows me to adapt on the fly. Sometimes I'm on a webinar and the thing I'm about to teach, I realize no one wants to hear. I realized that 80% of the audience I was wrong about having this engagement lets you change on the fly. So engagement throughout the webinar, and again and again, you'll have things. Now, you also want to say very critically, I'm not going to answer all of your questions. You can type in the chat box, but there's so many coming in, I might not see one. If I miss it, I'll try to answer it at the end. The reason you want to plant that seed early on and say, oh, I'm going to answer a lot of questions, type in the chat box as you have the questions, but we're going to have a big Q&A at the end. The question and answer section is a very, very, very valuable part at the end of the webinar that we use to increase our sales, to overcome objections, and to make more money. But We want to use all that question and answer after we've made our pitch. So the first part of the webinar, the first part of the content should be something really valuable, a very valuable, actionable step. There's two ways to create this. One school of thought is to walk people all the way up to the door with a technique. You say, okay, here's how you do A, B, and C to get you in position. But if they wanna find out D, the part where they actually make money from the implementation, They gotta buy the course. That's a common sales theory. That's how a lot of people teach you, get people a lot of excited. Another format is to demonstrate and show off a piece of technology or show off how doing something can make people a bunch of money. I was recently on a webinar about buying and selling textbooks on Amazon, which is getting really hot right now. It's really interesting and really exciting. You can buy a textbook from webinar to buy a textbook from Amazon, not from a webinar, buy it from Amazon and sell it back to Amazon for more than you bought it for. The problem with this business, as far as I'm concerned, is that right now there are three or four people selling a course about this and they're just on the webinar circuit. So there's thousands and thousands of new people getting into this business, which means it's going to die out. Probably it will be great again in a year once all those people give up, but it's too crowded of a market. You can't have thousands of people trying to buy and sell the exact same books. But it is interesting. I was on that webinar, and it was a two-hour webinar, and the guy spent ages just talking about and showing off the s- software and how much money you can make. And that's a hype webinar. That's getting people really, really excited. Getting them chomping at the bin. Everyone starts going, "Just show me the offer. Just show me the offer. Show me the offer. How much is it going to cost? I want to buy it. Just give me the buy button." You start getting those questions, and you want to wait until it's the right time in your webinar, until it's part of your pitch, until you're you have the slide where you give them the link. The type of webinar I like to do the most, that I prefer to do, that has always worked well for me. I've tried the demonstration style one, it just, it doesn't fit my personality. The style that works best for me is to just teach something I'm excited about that's really actionable. I wanna teach something that you can do, so even if you don't buy the offer at the end of the webinar, your time wasn't wasted. So the structure of the webinar I like to use is 20 to 25 minutes of teaching. Teach some really solid content, have some engagement along the way, where you ask some questions, make sure you're going on the same path, Then when it's time to announce your offer, this is called the pitch. This is where you pitch your offer. This is where you announce what you're selling. Because this is a webinar is about selling something. It's a format for making a product and selling something and making some money, right? So when you're in the pitch portion, what you do is... And there's a lot to creating a sales pitch. And you can watch an infomercial to get the right idea because this is the same format. What you want to do is... Build up the value of what you're offering. Say how much would you think something like this should cost? How much would you pay someone if they said to you, hey, I'll double your salary. If you I'll tell you one little secret and you can go to office tomorrow and say, I want a hundred percent raise and you get it, what would that be worth to you? And most people would say, Oh, it'd be worth six months salary, or worth two months salary, be worth twenty thousand dollars, whatever, right? People start creating a value. You want people to price the result of your course, product, software, whatever, rather than price, your training. Say, what would you pay for a course teaching you how to get a raise? Eh, I'd pay a hundred bucks. What would, right? People don't value it the same way, but you say, what would you put a price on paying off all your cars, paying off your house? What would you put a price on doubling your income? That's the way you do it. What price would you put on extending your life by 30 years, getting rid of your diabetes, reversing your hypertension problems, getting your youth back, seeing your feet again, price the benefit that they're looking for. When you start saying that, then you say, you know what? This course is awesome but i want to take you to the next level this entire uh training i put together will help you reverse your type retention. but not only that it's specifically designed i put together a special bonus combined with this that will shrink your belly you'll actually have a six pack not only that it's going to give you back your youth and it's also going to reverse your type 2 diabetes and that's the third bonus so i've got a special course to help you tighten up your belly specifically so you start feeling sexy again and another bonus thrown in there to really maximize the value this is a course i normally sell for 297 dollars But I'm going to include it today because I'm excited to have you here. You're part of my special audience. I really care about you. And we're going to reverse your diabetes. So we're going to take care of two of the biggest medical problems you have. Six out of the top 10 causes of death in the United States, the most common causes of death, are caused by diabetes and hypertension working in concert. They're often the cause behind other things that kill people. Stroke, heart attack, they're all caused by hypertension, high blood pressure, which leads to diabetes and they enter a cycle. So we're going to shut all that down. What would you think living an extra 35, 40 years would be worth? Would you rather live to 64 or would you like to be 107 when you die? What would that be worth to you? And you see how exciting that is. I'm building up a, a lot of hype and not in a bad way, right? You're still saying the truth, but it's, let's focus on the greatness and what a difference your life will make. It will make, this is the difference between a price and a catalog and a sales message. So you're creating your sales message and there's a bunch of different closes you can have in webinars and different techniques where you can talk about logic closes and emotional closes and the fear close and the crossroads close, all these different ways of getting the sale have different names. But what I like to do is make the pitch very short. Say, here's my offer. Here's how it's going to help your life. And I say, look, I've got a bunch of bonuses. We have a bunch of bonuses for you. I can only guarantee them till the end of the a webinar. As soon as we hang up the phone, as soon as we end this call, I'm not sure how much longer I'll leave the the bonuses up. They might stay up for a little while, but I just can't guarantee it. And you can take the bonuses away or not afterwards. That's really up to you. But what you're doing is creating a sense of urgency because it's a live event. You can say, I'll give you these things as long as we do. And I'll say, Hey, you know what? I know you need time to make a decision. I don't want to rush you. So guess what? If you're not sure if you want to make this purchase right now, ask a question because as long as you're asking questions in the Q and A, I'll stay on here and talk. Now, the reason we do the Q&A after the pitch is because there are certain types of buyers. There's the type of buyers, a person that goes, fine, let's do it right away. And they buy as soon as you post the link. The second group of people are, uh, they need a little bit of time to decide. So they're just thinking about it and they'll purchase some time in the Q&A. And then there's people that will purchase at the very last second when they realize there's no more questions. So you want to kind of grab all three groups of people. And by creating an incentive for asking questions, you ensure that people do ask questions and they'll ask some really good ones, you know, Oh, I'd love to, you know, lower the weight and reverse my hypertension and fight my diabetes. But guess what? I can't exercise anymore. I don't have the ability to run. I haven't run or walked out a flight up a flight of stairs in 17 years. And you go, Hey, that's a great question. Guess what? My course is about starting off. If you can't even walk, I start off with exercises you can do just sitting in your chair. So we slowly start to change your life. And so now we've overcome an objection. It allows people to ask their questions. Oh, I would love to buy your course about finding true love, but I'm 37. Is it too late for me to ever find someone to love me and marry me? Great question. This is specifically designed to help people as old as 67 years old. A lot of my customers are actually in their 60s and 70s, and they're trying to find love one last time because they've lost a partner. It's never too late. So of course, at 37, this will still really help you. So do you see how I answer? you answer one person's objection, but you're actually capturing the entire group because you're saying actually this will help people even their 60s and 70s it gives you a chance to give a wider answer to the question and overcome those objections so having your Q&A at the end has a lot of value it allows you to create a sense of urgency it allows you to tie it into the offer so people ask questions so they have time to decide so people who are like I'm not sure they'll keep asking questions so they have more time and the questions they ask are often objections or The answer to almost every question people will ask you is going to increase your sales, increase the value. Now, there's some other things we can do. There's some pretty cool techniques. One of the things you'll get is people will ask questions that you don't want to answer. One of them, if you have a course that you're selling and it's different prices for different people or you do custom packaging depending on what people need, you don't want to say the price. Sometimes you just want people to apply. For example, uh, for my private coaching program, I oftentimes... Most of the time my webinars when I'm doing group books or other things, I say just fill out the application form. I don't want to say the price because I would rather talk to more people. Plenty of people I talk to on the phone, 80% of the people I talk to can't actually afford the course. And if I said, oh, it's $5,000, $7,000, $2,000, whatever I'm going to say, if I said a huge number, they wouldn't fill out the form. I'd never get to communicate with them. And I don't want to lose them as tribe members. See, I have training, as you know, on my website to help you get started so you can start off making that first $1,000 a month. So I still want to help you even if you can't afford my high-ticket stuff. And I love talking to people. So I don't want people to get left in the dust. And you answer that one question, someone asks a question because they don't want to waste my time. Hey, guess what? I get to decide how to use my time. That's my perspective. So it's very important to know what your goal is and you can drive in that direction. Now, if you want to release the price, you certainly can. You can say, oh, you know, you all said this would be worth $3,000. Guess what? I'm not going to charge $1,500. I'm going to charge 1000 This is 799 This is less than 25% of what you guys guessed this course would cost. So you can do a price reveal. It just depends upon... Uh, the method you're using, but you want to build up a lot of value, make people think, oh, it's going to be $6,000. What do you mean it's $89? Of course I'm going to buy it. It's worth 6000 Other techniques you can do to close the sale, you can say, oh, we've only got 50 spots. If you're selling a type of service, we have a limited number of spots, and some of my friends do this. They'll say, oh, I've only got 50 spots. And sometimes they'll look and they've sold 47. They got to get three more sales to fill it out because they have to pay their staff. And so they'll say, oh, wait, Tommy, you know, and some things you can say, okay, one of the things that's really great is you say, hey, type in the chat box, write down what you purchased and why. Why did you? If you place your order, say, yeah, I just placed my order. I'm so excited. And tell me why. I want to know why you bought it. And if you didn't buy it yet, please tell me why in the chat box as well. And someone will say, oh, I'm Tammy from Wyoming. I bought because I'm so excited to be sexy for my husband again. And you go, oh, Tammy, that's so exciting. I'm so glad you made that purchase. I can't wait to hear about things. Please, in six months, send me a follow-up email. Tell me how steamy things have gotten between you and your husband again. And other people will hear that. They go, wow, Tammy, Tammy bought it. That's a good reason. You're creating what's called social proof, which is where people say, oh, other people are buying it. I should buy it too. They get caught up in the excitement of the moment. This is the same thing that happens at live auctions. It's very good because again, you're showing people real things. And again, you want to use real buyers. You don't want to pretend someone wrote a reason, right? You don't want to make up Tammy. I don't do that. One of the other things you can do is you can say, Tom Johnson, I'm so glad you bought Tom. Can you type in the chat box? Wait, Tom, why did you buy twice? Guys, it turns out we're not sold out. We've got one spot left. Tom, don't worry, I've just refunded and canceled your second order. You're not gonna get double billed, you're still in. This is a very advanced technique because it makes it sound like it's sold out. Oh wait, we've got one spot left. Here, again, that one, you're a little bit massaging the truth. You're creating a little bit of sense of excitement. I think that my friend developed that because that actually happened once on a call. But the idea that people, someone was so excited they bought twice and oh wait, I'm gonna open up one spot left. I've got one spot left, that's awesome. And that will actually get you three or four sales. That will bump your sales another couple of units when you say that one. It's a very powerful technique. And again, you have to decide where you're. if you think it's too sly or not. I think that one's okay because it's just creating a sense of excitement and you're saying, hey, we've got spots left. So all these little things, uh, they're very valuable and they allow you to get through to the end of your webinar. And again, because you've been engaging, right? That engagement we started at the beginning where we say, hey, can you hear me right now? That is why people now at the end, they're asking questions during the Q&A. And when people write, I didn't buy your course because I can't afford it. Or I didn't buy your course because I think you're a liar. or I didn't buy your course because you kind of sound like a jerk. And I've gotten all those. And you go, okay, that's good feedback. And what's also great is each of those people say, I couldn't afford it. You can email them and say, or send them a direct message. Go, I totally understand. Here's something you might find really valuable. A lot of people who enter my funnel or learn about me, they don't have any money to spend. You might be one of those people too. There's people that are on Uh, Different forms of assistance or welfare, they're on the dole, and I get that. And they want to break off, and I have a great deal of respect for that. You want to start earning your own money, you want to start generating your income, great. And that's why I have so much training to get you that first thousand dollars online. You can make your first thousand bucks in the next four to six weeks. If you're willing to put in three or four hours a day, you can easily make an extra thousand dollars so easily over the course of the next month, six weeks at the outside. And I provide that training so that people get that first taste. Of making money online so I don't want to lose people even if they can't afford the expensive stuff that's my approach to business some people are like mm, if you can't afford it go find someone else that's fine too you don't have the time for extra stress I get it I don't want to pressure you to do what you don't want to do but either way getting the feedback lets you know oh my sales numbers were too soft and then you look and say 90% of the people said it was too expensive one of the big mistakes you can make is pricing yourself out of the market I see this on products all the time on physical products I saw someone on TV, He invented these light-up sunglasses, and he wanted to sell them for like $25, and this investor was like, you know, if you sell these at $20 or $19.99, they become an impulse buy, and you'll sell seven times more units. You'll make a little bit less per unit, but you'll sell millions and millions of dollars more units, and sometimes people go, I don't care. I don't want to diminish the value that we create this artificial value of a product in our mind. And I've seen this before. People sell want to sell something for a thousand dollars. Like people look at me and they go, "Why are you selling blueprints for seven dollars? How can you send a, sell a blog blueprint for seven dollars? How can you have a course on blogging that's hundreds of dollars and another one that's seven dollars?" It's because sometimes people just need a something really beginner, really simple. And I don't want to price myself out of the market. I don't want people to feel like the only way to interact with me is to spend a thousand dollars with me. It's about understanding your audience and what your methodology is and who you're trying to bring in. See, my stuff works. Now, if your system doesn't work, if you're bringing people in and you just want them to buy something, but you know they're not going to make the money back, well, of course, what's the point of having free stuff or a cheaper course? If none of your stuff works, then it's a waste of time. But my low-level stuff works. Someone can go through it, earn $1,000, and buy my $100 course or buy my $1,000 course with the profits that they get from my free stuff. I'm okay with that. That's a real value. That's the reason I have that approach. So when you're designing your webinar, when you're thinking about uh, the structure of a webinar, these are some things you can add in, some of the uh, spice to bump up a webinar that only sells one or two units to one that's selling 10 or 20 units to really get those high conversion numbers and start really growing your business. And that's how you can make a boatload of money with webinars.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Follow me at facebook.com backslash serve no master.